0: Welcome to Manager Tools. Politics 101, Chapter 6 Politics Are Just Relationships, Part 1. This cast answers these questions Should I play politics? How can I get better at office politics? Why does politics have a bad reputation? Well, if you want answers to these and more, keep listening. Here we go. Politics, politics. <laughs> Oh, we were we've been so good at it for so long. Yeah, exactly. Well, you mean building relationships? Is that what you mean or did you mean nah. politics?
1: <laughs> what did you mean by that? Oh, you're giving away the whole cast. So, folks, what Mike's alluding to is the mandatory belief that politics, so many people hate politics, particularly if you're if you're familiar with your disc and you know you're a high D or a high C, you're logical, linear, rational, so on. You really don't like to play politics, uh, and then you shoot yourself in the foot by not doing so because you misunderstand what politics are. The fact is you don't have to play politics, guys. You heard it here. Very few professionals want to or like to. Some do, and shows like Suits play it up, but that's only because politics is what people call it when things don't go the way they like. But politics are really just relationships and the effect of relationships on decisions in the workplace. And nobody goes around saying, well, I'm not going to
0: engage in relationships at work. But they do say they're not going to engage in politics.
1: Yeah, and we basically have this fundamental divide where there are people saying, hey, I believe work is all about relationships and people. And this other side that say, no, work is about work. Work is about making correct, accurate, logical decisions. And the people who are on the logical side say, I don't know why I have to do this. I said, well, <laughs> you do. People matter. Yeah. I mean, pretty soon your next question is be, I don't know why I have to pay taxes. I don't know why I have to drive the speed limit. Um, there are rules. So look, here's our outline, guys. Number one, politics are played. But I would argue that the word playing does disservice to it, and makes it easy for young people to not understand what's going on. And because politics are played, they do matter. Our second point is that politics are relationship effects and decision-making. But apparently in the beginning, when they knew that, they decided not to call it relationships effects, relationship effects and decision-making. They called it politics. And now politics has got a bad name in part because of governmental politics as well. And the fundamental guidance in this cast is for you to build relationships. Now, for those of you longtime listeners, we've been doing this now a little over 13 years. Um, Mike and I don't like taking a long time getting to our points. And this is Manager Tools, and we teach what to do. This cast is a little bit different and then we're going to lay out a case before we get to the actual guidance. So I want to be clear to you about what the guidance is for those of you IDs who only have five minutes. Our guidance is simply this in order to be effective in a human organization and human organizations rely on relationships. And I'll have much more to say about this in the next 10 years in order to be effective there, you have to acknowledge that relationships exist. And if you're a manager, you already know this between you and your directs. And if you're a manager tools manager, then you know your relationship with your directs is the underpinnings of what makes you and your team highly productive. You're already doing relationship work with your team. Politics is just a bad word that people use when they get affected by other people's decisions And it is because relationships are figured in, factored into decisions that are made at levels above us. However, we are making decisions on a day-to-day basis about relationships and what's going to happen and so on, and who's going to be affected by it, and what do we need to do assuage that person and so on, or why do we choose this vendor or that vendor? And so, our guidance here is in addition to building relationships with your own team – An effective professional has an obligation, if you want to be more effective and you want your organization to be more effective, to pay attention to and invest time in the necessary relationships without which you will not be able to influence your organization. And at the end of the cast, in the third part, we're going to talk about specific steps you can take, and we're going to list a multitude of supporting materials from casts we've already covered. This is chapter six about politics, a multitude of other casts we've covered about relationships and about politics that will help you in even more detail than we're going to give you here. Cool, a lot to cover. So let's
0: get to it. Politics are played, right? I mean, people in or- within organizations engage in politics and folks, it matters, right? Those who engage in politics get more done, are more effective. Now, we'd argue we could substitute relationships for the word politics, but it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, this is a nomenclature problem, to make it overly simplistic. And what happens is this. You're a middle manager. You're a frontline manager. You're a senior manager. You're a junior manager. You're a director, which means nowadays you're only a manager, um, or you're a senior director, or you're a uh, a junior vice president or assistant vice president or something like that. I think years ago that were junior vice presidents, and now uh, they're called assistant vice presidents. And you are aware of because you have to implement in some way, or you're affected by somebody else's decision at levels above you. And the apparent lack of logic involved is mystifying to you. You say to yourself. You know, gosh, why, why did they do this this way? This particular implementation of this product or service or app or software or code or customer solution? You know, why did they price it like that? Why is this person involved in this discussion? Does't make any sense to me. Or there's no way when they apportion these responsibilities that, that group over there should have that responsibility. It doesn't make any sense. Or who decided, who the heck decided that we'd choose a, that particular vendor? That makes no sense. We have a long history with this other vendor. They know this stuff should be no problem, blah, 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 blah. And if you're young and you're logical, linear, rational, analytical, It's more than inscrutable. It's inconceivable to you. You can't even imagine a world in which decisions are made this stupidly. And it gets worse. It's really galling when the decision is made at more senior levels to you, to us, and we're affected, and we have very limited power to change the effect, if not no power to change the effect, other than to quit the organization. And when you think about it, when we're affected by a decision, we want to believe that the decision was made in a reasonable and professional way. When we believe that about a decision, we tend to ignore the trying consequences we go through of that decision because we believe in the decision. The difficult parts of it are tolerable, are handleable, they're swallowable. We see those as artifacts of, hey, this is an 80% solution, 20% it's not going to be good, but but I can see why they did it because we believe in it. Unfortunately, what we do is we apply if we're a junior person, or if we're way, if we're junior and we're logical, linear, rational, and that's how the way the world wants to be. And we we idolize Spock, and we think the life is all about numbers, and it's really just the world is really just one gigantic physical and chemi- chemical equation. We apply our thought processes to decisions made above our pregrade. No offense intended. And we don't like the outcome of those decisions. When we don't like the outcome, when we don't believe that the decision was made uh, in a reasonable and professional way. And to be clear, you'll notice reasonable and professional do not suggest analytically pure, logically pure, free of influence, free of emotion, free of self-interest and all those kinds of things. Because we think we made decisions free of all of those things, we then, when we see a decision made in the wrong way, we don't believe the decision was made in a reasonable and professional way because we're applying our decision process to somebody else's decision, okay? When we do that and we find that decision lacking – If it's not logical, if it's unreasonable, meaning reason should trump all, because in the history of mankind, of course, reason has trumped all, and it gets worse, then we think if we're really not knowledgeable and professionally understanding of how complex the world is, it becomes almost unfathomable that somebody could have done this, then the difficulties that arise from the implementation in our professional role were totally predictable. If we agree with the decision, difficulties are understandable when we're implementing things. When difficulties arise, when we disagree with it, oh, this is predictable. This is a problem, and then we start engaging in stupid mistakes like unprofessional subordination. We don't, you know, we we don't murder the unchosen alternative. Our solution was not used by our boss. He did something different that we don't agree with. And now we grumble and mumble, setting the wrong example for our team. And we keep alive, wasting corporate resources, time and money and attention on plan B that you didn't get, because plan B is free of politics. And frankly, all the problems that you're having, which, by the way, might be mitigated if you were spending your time not on plan B, but on plan A, all those problems that came up would in your mind, would have been avoided had that decision been free of politics. Because if it had been free of politics, they would have agreed with your decision. And look, guys, we've said this before. When you look up at the top of your organization, what you call politics, those executives call collaboration. I'm going to say that again. When you look up at the top of your organization, what you call politics, they call collaboration. And what I mean by that is you dismiss it and deride it and they consider it completely normal and ethical way of doing business. If you go to every corporate website in the world and you listen to 90% of the business to business ads in the world, they all talk about a collaborative environment. If you think that sounds good, you should know they're talking about what you call politics and The world does not go round without collaboration, without relationships, and without politics. If you want a company free of political influence, start your own and keep it at an employee number of one for the rest of your career, and you won't have any internal politics. Oh, you'll have politics at your clients and at your vendors and the ecosystem that you work in but boy you'll be free of it um look consider it this way despite the belief among lower and middle level managers power does not become more absolute as you climb the org chart it doesn't yes you do get more power no question about it although i have to tell you this is the first time i've admitted this and i've been thinking it for about five years and i wish Of all the casts we've ever done, Mike, I don't think I've ever told you this either. One of my regrets, and I have maybe two, just because there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, But we stand by all of our guidance for the last 13 years. But one of my regrets was in, in a cast we did in the last couple of years, as I recall, about power, I wish we'd have called it influence. Because I've been developing some more content for us for it to be delivered in the next couple of years and some thematic stuff that will also lead into effective executive stuff and in the same way that politics has a negative connotation power does for a lot of people too and if you get into the academic world and you start talking about these concepts if you get into the the ethics world and the socratic world and so on power might not be legitimate but influence is, or put differently, authority is. And I, I regret that I use the word power. That said, we've started it. We're going to keep using it. People know what we mean, hopefully. If you don't know what we mean, go listen to our casts, many of them that refer to power. So if you get promoted in an organization, you do get more power, more authority, okay? But it doesn't become more absolute, which is a fundamental misunderstanding of most lower and mid-level managers. The idea that as you get higher, your power not only grows with the level, but somehow it becomes less questionable and it is more clear. It is unassailable in a way. And you are able to get more done not only within your organization, but across the organization, when in fact that's not true. As you grow in the organization, as you get promoted, you do get more power, authority, influence, but it's actually a different kind of power than people below you think. And in fact, we ought to know that. The power that you gain is much more diffuse than junior level managers realize as you climb to mid and higher levels. And The diffusion is caused by politics. And here's where we all ought have learned this, and somehow it just escaped us. And by the way, guys, full disclosure, this happened to me. So, please, I hope you don't think we're lecturing you. We're telling you what we've learned, and for Mike and I, we learned this the hard way years ago, and we'll come back to that. When you were an individual contributor, think back, and then you became a manager, most of us discovered, whoa, this is very different than what I thought. The pat on the back, the public recognition of performance, the increased pay, the better office, you know, the perception among your friends, your ability to feel like you're of more value to your family and your spouse is uh, proud of you and so on. All those things quickly fall away when you realize it's not what I thought it would be. I'm not just. The king or queen of my team. In fact, the moment you get promoted, you get exposed to a lot more other stuff going on. And we ought to have learned that that growth is much more diffuse than we realized when we took our own promotion. But somehow we forget that. Maybe it's part of the human condition and we. Assume that this next promotion, we're going to have more power, that, that yes, it's going to be more ability to get more things done, not only here, but elsewhere in the organization. Well, your connection to the
0: organization becomes much larger, right? And those connections yeah. result in constraints <laughs> because of relationships.
1: Exactly. Because all connections provide you resources and constraints. And if you don't have a relationship, you end up with more constraint than you have, uh, than it gives you influence so in an example yes you can get quote more done unquote because you have quote more power unquote if you're the vp of sales of a company let's say you report to the ceo we're not going to call this person chief marketing officer or chief customer officer we're going to say vp of sales okay usually what that quote more power unquote means though is the ability to engage more people in your part of the organization. That's what the power means at some basic level. The ability to engage more people in your part of the organization to take action on a priority, a project, a plan, or an idea. Correct. And that's why some mid and
0: lower level managers, that's what they see, right? They see this person having absolute power over them and what they do.
1: Yeah, if you think about yourself as a mid-level manager with a spotlight in your hands and you picture yourself standing in the middle of the org chart, your spotlight points down. To the people in your spotlight, that spotlight feels hot and clear and bright.
0: Right. But your boss is in.
1: <laughs> is, it has like 20 other spotlights pointed at him, right? Exactly. You start multiplying the spotlights and it gets messy real fast. If you're standing at the spotlight behind the spotlight, when you look down, everybody's clear to you. They're standing in the spotlight. When you look up, you're blinded by spotlights. That's right. Exactly. That's a great analogy. That's how it feels, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) If you've ever been on stage, folks, you know, many people in the audience don't understand this. You're standing on stage and then you get interviewed and you say, well, actually, it's pretty lonely on stage. It feels lonely. And people are like, what are you talking about? There's 4,000 people that were all staring intently at you. Yes, but I can't see you. I'm on stage. The lights are on me. I literally, I've done this. It's happened to me a 100 times. You're standing on stage and you cannot see the audience. I have actually told people, I won't do it. If I can't see the audience, I'm not going to talk. Well, you'll never talk to big audiences. <laughs> okay, I don't care. Because frankly, the audience doesn't exist anyway. Yeah, so it matters your perspective. You look at your boss and your boss is in the spotlight. Well, when you get promoted, okay, now you're standing behind the spotlight to your team and they can't see you very well, but you can see them. On the other hand, when you look at your boss and all of her peers and all of your peers, they all have spotlights pointing at you. You're doomed. Okay, so at the same time, as you get promoted and you have more influence on your part of the organization because of that spotlight, You need to remember that people at the top of your organization can't get anything significant done alone. Mike and I have shared stories about this over the years. This is a fundamental point that many of us middle managers miss. If you're that VP of sales, you can't sell a product you've come up with, let's say because you're close to customers and you know their needs and it's just obvious to you and your sales team, You can't sell a product you've come up with if the VP of manufacturing won't produce it because he or she and you don't get along.
0: Right. And if you think the VP of sales can come up with a great idea and tell the VP of manufacturing you must produce this, that's not the way it works.
1: So here's what's interesting, Mike. They're listening to you right now and they say, no, no, Mike, I'm smarter than that. I'm not gonna go tell the VP of manufacturing. I know we're peers, I can't go tell him that. What I'm going to do is go complain to the CEO that I have a great idea <laughs> and that he should tell the VP of manufacturing to do this. I'm gonna rent, I'm gonna rent my boss's role power to get the VP of manufacturing to do what any idiot should know. We should do what the customers want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, seriously. Yeah, I know. On the other hand, if you're the VP of manufacturing, and by the way, these are pretty senior people. We're talking about three or four or five levels above many of you in the organization. No matter how cool or clever or sexy the product you've come up with is as the VP of manufacturing. Now, mind you, you might be coming up with it from a standpoint of production, from a standpoint of what can be done, what can be manufactured, what can be engineered, what can be designed, what the cost structure is, and so on. No matter how cool or awesome or profitable this particular product would be, it won't sell, and therefore there will be no profit, if the VP of sales won't motivate her sales force to sell it. So what happens in this situation where maybe both have great ideas, but neither one is getting done? First, if they're smart the VP of sales, and by the way, because they're at that level, you assume they're smart, unless you're an apolitical person in which you assume they're all just incredibly dumb because none of the decisions at the top of this organization seem to be made with a a lick of logic involved. If you're smart, both the VP of sales and the VP of manufacturing damn well know this already. Because of that, they work on their relationship with each other. They don't see themselves as simply powerful by themselves, or if they do, they won't last long. They see themselves as connected. That's why these people approve websites that say we have a collaborative environment. They realize that they're going to have to collaborate. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this week.
0: We'll continue on this topic next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long we